Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us Mr. David Roberts, the King Brown Snake. He's there doing his thing. Thank you very much, David, for being here with us with an absolutely amazing count. And we have with us, with a perennial contender for the UFC, mild-mannered, socially awkward belt, Mr. Robert the Reaper Whitaker, also known as the Karate Hottie in some parts. No, in not. certain nightclubs in Sydney, you are. <laughs> Don't try and kick that off. That's terrible. In certain That's nightclubs. Terrible. Hey, it's, it's take it off. off. It's take it it's off. It's just a straight rip off. You know, you know I don't like how you always try to, to, to put shit on me like that, mate. I'm not trying to put shit on you. I'm not. I'm actually, I, I really think that, that they should make a belt for you and you, you could fight in it. You could fight for it. No, not, not, we're not talking about the belt. I'm talking about the nickname you gave me. Oh, the karate hottie. I think you're a good-looking guy and you do karate. You think I'm hot? <laughs> the karate cutie. You want to be the karate cutie? <laughs> he, wants to be, he wants to be the karate cutie. <laughs> it's so weird, your conversation. Mate, we had a hard session this morning. We have a very special guest with us today, Mr. John Wayne Parr. We're going to call him in. <clears throat> Uh, we're going to be soon. this is our second guest via satellite. Um, please feel free to be hateful and mean yeah. to us. Um, also, guys, can we also petition that Chris Weidman return Rob's message because that's hey, not nice? Hey, well, <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I did. I did. I did. Um, Just speak to me, man. <laughs> Just speak to me. Also, we're petitioning for the aviator headsets. I want. I think Fab has a thing about. He doesn't like the headset and with the mic connected to it for some reason, some odd reason. And I, I want them in. They're I grew just, up during Top they're Gun. Just he, they're just uh, here. Top Gun was a big movie at the time, and that's too close to home for me <laughs> at the time. I still haven't got over Goose's death. Have you seen that, Dave? Yeah. Top Gun, have you seen it? Uh, no. Watch it. You'll like it. Um, let's do it, yeah? What time is it? Is it time? Yeah. Oh, like, seven minutes early. Yeah, seven minutes early, yeah. That's all right. We can live with that, can't we? Well, I guess we have to. <laughs> this is beyond awkward. <laughs> what is it? Because... We got nothing. What's happened? Oh, where we go? Hold on. We got no, we got no, we got no video yet. Uh, oh, there he is, the legend. <laughs> the legend himself. We're back. How are you, mate? Um, mate, I'm very well, thank you. I'll just give a quick intro and forgive me if I leave something out here. Um, you're the star of your documentary, Blessed with Venom, uh, 10 times world champion in kickboxing, 132 kickboxing fights, 99 wins. Um, you're also an actor. For the film The Violent, which was an award-winning, uh, no, got no, an award no, 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 no. for good choreography, no, no, no. 13 ah, boxing ah, fights, no. 10 yeah. wins all by KO, 2004 Fighter of the Year by Iron Life magazine, 2004 Fighter of the Year by International Kickboxer magazine, and 1997 Best Farang Fighter in Thailand. Yes, um, we don't have to worry about the acting part though. That, that was only like a little short. It's okay. Yeah, but you, you acted. You can David, no, just the acting, mate. You don't have to be so mean. <laughs> Why'd you cut him off? <laughs> he, he cut you off. He, David went too far. Um, yeah. No, so did I leave anything out there? Like, I'm obviously... That, it's all perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, we honestly, we really, oh, man, really appreciate it. Yeah, huge fans. Yeah. We've all been huge yeah. fans. 
Um, hey, remember Canada? Remember the remember? Uh, was it before uh, you won the Ultimate no, Fighter? It was, it was. It was just after. It was just after that. Just after I won the Ultimate Fighter and I went to Canada. But this is before I met, met Fab in my current team. I uh, went to, yeah. to TriStar and I was training with you and you gave me a hiding. I remember. You just you pressured yeah. you pressured the absolute hell out of me. I was like, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> So our first time was at my gym on the media day that time. Yeah, yeah, just oh yes, just up at Moonshu, just uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They they did like the open workouts there, I believe. Yeah. For, um, so uh, they had they had another gym and they rang me twenty four hours notice and oh we've had a late replacement. Any chance we're in your your gym tomorrow? I said, yeah, sure. And all you boys rocked up. I was like, oh, I had good this. This yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Was that has there been another Gold Coast show since then? Nah, no Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. I, I think oh, so. Eh? I think that the the stadium's here too small. We only got like your show was four thousand, four and a half thousand, I think. Yeah, Whereas we, Brisbane's twelve thousand, like yeah. way bigger. So. It was just like a finale sort of thing, but it was a good card though. It was a good, it was a good it, night it, of fights. It, it broke the record too. The the record there was only three thousand something. You guys come and smash it like the UFC always does. <laughs> uh, by a whole yeah. couple hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how's yeah, all, how's, awesome. all, how's all your training going? How are you feeling? How are you doing? No, I can't wait. It's going to be so cool. It's one of those fights where you're so motivated because you know how big it is. So mm. every morning it's like, oh, and then you're on the road and it's like every time you feel that little bit tired, just push harder because you know this is it. This is the And plus it's my last fight too. Oh, is this your last fight, is it? This is my last fight prep ever. The last one? Because yeah, I, so. I, was, I was sure you would never stop fighting. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so was I. Like, yeah, I said when I was a kid, I said, I'm, I'm going to go until something breaks and I can't, I, my body's going to tell me when it's time. And now, now I'm at that age, I'm 43, uh, and yeah, I'm just aching. So I, I, the, the pain's taken away the enjoyment of training now, so I've got no other choice. Yeah, well, because that's, that's one of the things I've got to, got to like, hats off to you, mate, because kickboxing and Thai, especially Muay Thai, it's hard. It is such, it, it, it is so taxing on your body. Like, there's just the, you're just kicking and punching each other, and, yeah. and, and it hurts. I, I don't uh, know. And you've had hundreds of those fights, and and like you're yeah. still fighting and still winning. <laughs> I, I, I remember being in Canada with uh, Faraz, and, and he just looked at me and goes, "Oh, you Muay Thai guys are crazy." And I'm looking at him going, "What the hell? What about what you, you guys are killers?" He goes, "Yeah, but you guys just stand there and trade. Whereas we get tired, we can take each other down, we can hold down for a second. Well, you, you just have that constant trauma. But the good news is, after all the years of fighting, I can now count to purple." <laughs> um, how, how did the Mundine fight come about? Hey, it was bizarre. Uh, just I don't have no idea. We had uh, I took my young boy Benny Marnie down to do some rounds with him, and uh, he was just coming. Uh, Mundine was saying this is like his first few spars after the Horn fight. It'd been almost ten months, and then uh, went down, and then we watched the spar, and everyone was cool, and we shook hands, and and then a week later they rang up and said, hey. Um, would you be interested in fighting Mundine? Uh, sure. So then they <laughs> rang him. They said, do you reckon, do you reckon Mundine will be, uh, do you reckon you'll be, uh, they rang Mundine asking, would you fight John Wayne? He goes, do you reckon you'll fight me? Said, yeah, yeah, for sure. So within five minutes, it was done. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, once the fight was sort of getting talked about, Seabus uh, Stadium here on the Gold Coast, they, uh, they contacted me. And, and then they said, uh, hey, we really want to host this event. Can we, can we do it on the football field? So they, everyone started communicating, and then sure enough, the the deal was done. And then um, yeah, now it's going to be an outside show, uh, my outside home crowd. Match. Yeah, yeah. And my the stadium's like five minutes. I drive past it every day, so it's <laughs> going to be one of those days where that's that's where I fought Mundine. How crazy! Have you have you fought outside a lot? 
in Thailand. I just use the fight all the time. Yeah, uh, do you find it so, much uh, difference? I, I like it. It's a, a different buzz, a different uh, environment. Uh, I, on the king's birthday, I'm going to fight in front of a hundred thousand people. On four you won years. that, eh? You 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 won uh, on the yeah. king's birthday. I, I won ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand and one. Oh, yeah. So and then uh, I'm, I'm the first Westerner to win three in a row. So they gave me this special jacket that uh, I think I'm only one of the few Westerners to ever win. Uh, so it means like jacket of honor. So and they get presented that in front of a hundred thousand people. I was like, yeah, it was just a such a buzz. It's so cool. It was a bit more. It means sort of more to me than a world title. But to be accepted by the Thai people as one of them it was uh, a yeah, very very humbling. What's a Lump- Lumpany Stadium like when you fight there? And that what, what's that like? Uh, they they knocked it down and they built a new one. So no, but I was when you fought at the time, like what was that like? Yeah, well the the, the old stadium that's no yeah, longer yeah, there anymore. Yeah. Uh, that had so much history and so much uh, uh, energy. And uh, I was the very first Aussie to ever fight there. So it was such a buzz to just cross the ropes and put my foot on the canvas. And from that moment on, I'd already won. No matter what happened with the results, I'd already won because I touched the canvas. And then I ended up winning by fourth round knockout. And then I fought there again a month later and won by second round knockout. And then it pushed me right up to number four in the ratings. And then uh, then I got to fight my very first uh, A-class high. And uh, he ended up cutting me uh, 21 stitches. I said, so it put me down the ranks a little bit. 21. And I ended up rematching him. Yeah, I ended up uh, rematching him uh, a couple of years later and I beat him on the King's birthday in front of 100,000 people, uh, taking, him, taking his world title belt. So, yeah, it was such a, such a, because he cut me, it was good to uh, have that revenge. You know how you were the best Farang fighter in 1997? Can you explain what Farang means and what, how receptive or non receptive are ties to Farang fighters? I know the players love them. Uh, as long as we're respectful and humble and, and, and courteous, they're, they're very respectful back. They're the best people you ever meet. Uh, if you have to go somewhere, you say, oh, do you know where such and such? And they'll pretty much jump on the back. I'll take you there myself. It's like, whoa, oh, this is crazy. Or, oh, geez, a bit chilly. Here, take my shirt. They're, they're the best people ever. Uh, yeah, and for long, just means Westerner. just means a non-Thai. So, yeah, it's very, very, I was like the first, before, before all the uh, Samoys and the Phuket's, um, no one really stayed there. I was the first Western to live in Thailand full time for four years, and then um, I sort of started a, a new generation of everyone going there and staying long term and training and fighting. So, because uh, when I was there, my everyone was just going, "You're the first. No one's ever done what you're doing." So it, it was really so cool. You, was, I'm glad I. You were doing it before it was so, cool. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because because back then though, the, the Thais didn't like Westerners. They didn't want them to train at their camps because they were scared they were going to take out their secrets. It's like beating them at their own their own sport. Which you did. Which you started doing. <laughs> yeah, which, 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 so yeah. they were right. They were right the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when so, you so, when and, you and, were but, sorry. Yeah. So the 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 economy crashed in. I got there in '96. Uh, the Thai economy crashed in 1998, and then everything just went bankrupt. Uh, people couldn't afford to go to the fights anymore. Uh, the the stadiums couldn't afford to pay, pay the fighters what they were originally getting. So everyone's prize money got cut in like quarter. So if you were getting a hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, now you're fighting for thirty thousand. So all the top boxers retired within a few months because no one's going to do what they're doing for pocket change. And then uh, from there, then the camps going, how do we survive? And then oh, if we have westerners, they'll pay monthly fees, and then that's how we can do it. So every camp's like, welcome, welcome to my camp, and, and that's how they make money now. What was um? Because now you can go to, and I'm not, I'm not bagging any of the camps or anything. But now I know because I've been to a couple myself. Just actually went on a holiday to a to a Muay Thai camp, but it was like a holiday. It was just thing. But what was a Bangkok back in the day? 
uh, Muay Thai camps like compared to uh, the holiday oh, camps yeah, you can do now? So you're not there for fun. It's a job, uh, and it's very uh, strict. So you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing the camp. So if you lose, you're an embarrassment to everyone in the camp and the bosses and everyone that's invested their time and their money in India. Uh, and lots of pressure. Uh, so every time you win, your prize money goes up, and every time you lose, it goes down a little bit. And you're giving the camp 50% or whatever you earn. So you have a hard fight, and then you get the wins, your prize money starts going up. Um, I think in a single fight, I ended up getting to 70,000 baht, uh, was the highest I ever got paid for, for being or no. And then, um, but yeah, they're pushing that. The harder they push you, the better you get, the more money you make, and then it helps them as well. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very cool. Um, you did you were you what was your attraction to fighting? Because I understand you started off in Taekwondo as a little kid, and you did. Did you get a silver medal in Taekwondo? Yeah, so I just had a fascination with martial arts from the time I could walk, about three years old, watching Monkey Magic on TV and just watching martial arts videos. Then Karate Kid came out. Uh, and the, the Karate Kid, uh, I went to 11 different schools growing up, so I could re- relate to the, the Karate Kid character, being the new, new kid, uh, and just being able to defend myself. So uh, that was one of the main reasons. And then I lived in the farms, in the country, as always, by myself, and then eventually we moved to Brisbane when I was 11. Uh, so then there was a the Taekwondo school and walking distance, and that was the first time mum gave me permission to leave the house at night time. And then, so I did Taekwondo for about a year or so, a year and a half. And then uh, they couldn't make the rent anymore, so they moved out. And then I, uh, I was in this limbo. Of, what am I going to do? I, I need martial arts in my life. I feel lost. And then just so happened, uh, uh, kickboxing came to the same hall. And it's like, oh, it's not Taekwondo. I'll give it a go just to give it a try. But I just want I'll do this until I find another Taekwondo school. And then sure enough, I did my first class. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. How good is this? And just happened when I started the movie, Kickboxer came out. And then it tells the story of the guy going to Thailand. It's like, oh, I want to go to Thailand. That's amazing. Uh, and then I was very lucky to get sponsored by a gentleman called Richard Bell, who is the Bunchy restaurant in Broadbridge. Um, he sponsored me to go and eat at his shop uh, once a week. So I go down there, and then uh, it turned into every day. I just walked to his shop. I'd sit in his kitchen, and we just talk about Thailand and this mystical place where people fight professionally, live on the floor. And, uh, and I was just so intrigued. And then, lucky enough, I, I won a few fights. And then Richard offered me the opportunity. He said, "How would you go? How would you like to go and learn from the best?" I said, oh, for sure. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you can organize your passport, I'll send you to Thailand for six months. I'll organize everything, a camp, uh, your training. Uh, all you have to do is worry about fighting. Oh, beautiful. So I got the passport, and then I went down to the shop. Hey, Richard, got my passport. He goes in by the hand. He leads me down to the travel agent a few doors down. I want one open six-month ticket for my uh, John Wayne here. Um, but you then, weren't yeah, John Wayne yet, were you? You were Oh, we're well, back. We're well, back. We're still Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, um, so then I had I went for six months. Uh, I had five fights, five wins, uh, three knockouts, and then uh, I came back to Australia again. Just thinking, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the camp ran Richard said, "Can you please send me back? We think he has big potential in the sport." So Richard's like, because I was just picking up places stuff at the shop again just to help out. Hey Wayne, do you want to get back to Thailand? I'd love to. All right, so no more six months. That's, that, that was child. That was just a dip your toes in. This time, you have to promise me you go for one year. So, oh man, that's I'd love to. Yeah, for sure. He said, if if you come back, we're done. Don't don't even see me. But if you stay a year, you make me very proud. So, oh sweet, let's do it. So, um, yeah, sure enough, I jumped on the the plane, 1997. Uh, ended up just killing it. Started started fighting on Pini, King's birthdays. Made the front cover of magazines. I was on TV all the time. It was just living the dream. It was such a crazy crazy rush what was it like when um when you were at your like as you said you you know when you were killing it in thailand were you treated like were you treated differently 
I know. I, I, everyone accepted me. Uh, when I run down the street, sometimes I'd be by myself and cars would flash their lights and they beat their horns yeah. and everyone waved like, did to you, me. Did you attain that sort of superstar status over there? Yeah, everyone everyone um, just accepted me. Because I can speak Thai now too. So because I can speak How Thai, they just thought I was one of them. Uh, 90%, 90%, 90%. I can sing uh, Thai karaoke. I can make a... Say, <laughs> so, so how's this? So, so we used to go to the clubs and they'd have a live band and people would like, request songs and they'd sing... I go up, uh, so I buy the the popular CD and I put it in the machine. And I press play and pause and I write down in English from from Lakun POM da da da, and then I, I'd memorize the whole album. So we go to the clubs and then I, I put my request in. And they're looking at me, and then uh, the dance floor would be empty. So then I start singing a few bars. All of a sudden, couples are coming out. And girl, <laughs> and next minute, the, the dance floor is full, and I'm singing away, going, "This can't be happening." And then the band's like. You know any more songs? It's like, mate, I know the whole album. So then, yeah, I sing like five, five or six different songs, and everyone would be cruising. It was so, like the ultimate buzz. It was so amazing. So I'd be the only Westerner in the club too. Only Westerner. So that was your that was your party trick, being the being the yeah, white guy yeah. that could speak, that could sing in time. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It was so much fun. It was such a. When I, I even got to the stage of when I retire, I'm going to be a Thai singer because uh, because you stand because you stand out like uh, you can't, people can't not notice you because you're the Westerner. So yeah, so it was it was it was fun. Um, what? How come you went to eleven different schools? Um, uh, my mum and dad were in the horse racing industry, so they're always bettering themselves and always training. They're always being like the boss and managers, and uh, but uh, it's just one of those industries that's really tough to retain, uh, maintain. Uh, so living on lots of farms, uh, lots of motorbikes, trampolines. Uh, it's every, anything to keep myself amused just because no license, and then you buy. And I was only a child too. So I just have to find ways of entertaining, entertaining myself. And then um, I think that's why I was able to go to Thailand so easily because I'm so used to being by myself and being the new kid, always foreign and always uh, – so when I got there, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm just that uh, – so, the only thing was uh, the Thai language. Being in Bangkok, no one could speak English. So I got to the stage where it's like, I have to learn this, otherwise I'm screwed. So I got to the stage where I start picking up things. Uh, what's this? Uh, what's this? Uh, what do you call that? And then I, I practice those five words. Next day, I learn another five words. And then, then they start sending me on, on missions to the shop. Uh, I want one bag of ice. And then um, you say that all the way down the street. I want one bag of ice. And then you start mixing matching. All of a sudden, like, oh, I, can, I can talk Thai now. This is cool. So, yeah. And once I did that, then, uh, then it became easy. Um, yeah. You know how you say you love martial arts? But yes. at which point did you go, fuck, I love fighting not just martial arts i love fighting how old were you when when that my, my, my first fight it was 14 um i even had taekwondo uh, but my first fight definitely was uh, i lost my first fight on points but uh as i was leaving the ring someone goes oh where to go wayne and the whole crowd erupted and i got that that rush of the crowd um it was just like oh i want to have this feeling forever uh so and then i've always told myself since i was since very start i said uh uh, nothing's going to deter me from becoming a world champion, whether it be girls, job. Uh, with, uh, I'm not losing my focus. I have to. I have my legacy destined, and I have to fulfil it. And um, I'm very proud to say that. Yeah, I've I've, I've done it ten times over. Um, yeah, it's, literally it's been than, ten uh, times champion. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, my also one of my um, my own things was to trying to go to as many countries as possible to fight in as many countries as possible to. Uh, um, just to get that world experience, and uh, I did a, a thing the other day. I think I fought in seventy six. I've had seventy six international fights in my one hundred and forty seven career. 
It's insane, eh? Yeah, that's a lot of traveling. Like, what would you, what would you do? Yeah. Um, what would you do in terms of like the the jet lag and everything when you had to fight? Would you go early? Yeah, I try and get there. If they want me there three or four days, I say, look, I'll pay the extra couple of days in the hotel. I want to get there on the week before just to acclimatize because I, I did that in Holland, my first fight in Holland. I've never been in Europe before, and just suffered, um, just falling asleep day of the fight. You like, oh crap! So now I make sure I'm there at least a week just to adjust and get some sessions in beforehand. Yeah. It's, 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 it's real. Yeah. I, I yeah, a, yeah, it's so hard. I have a question for you uh, in regards to, you know, uh, I think I saw something or I heard you say something. I can't remember exactly where, but you spoke about uh, a bar stool. You got hit with a bar stool once. Ah, you almost yeah. got killed. C- can you talk yeah, on that? Because yeah. you're, you're about as the last person yeah. anyone would want to fight in the street. <laughs> but can you yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about what, 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 like street fights? What stuff oh, sure. can happen? So, uh, so I was in Thailand. I'd only been there maybe two months. Uh, and then they had this big festival where it's a big water fight. The whole country stops. Everyone, everyone plays water. All the shops shut. Uh, it's, it's just madness. So we're in our patio. was just full of Westerners. So where we started early. I, I fought the night before and had a win. Uh, so I was super excited, had a few whiskeys, and then uh, we were playing all day, and everyone's wedding us, and we're wedding it. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night, we, uh, some guy wet us, and we're wedding back. Then he throws his bucket down, and he just storms up, and he's this big Polish guy, probably 6'3", 6'4", probably 110 kilos. He was a, a monster. And he goes, if you wet me one more time, I'm going to kill you. I said, what? And then uh, he goes, are you French? And that's when I realized I shouldn't have answered with we. Because yeah, I don't think he appreciates. Yeah. The next, next, next minute, next minute, he, he's just kicked me straight out. I was like, "Well, I guess we're on." So I've marched forward, and I've, I've, I've thrown a kick and end up on all fours. And uh, as I was just about to pump up, I just felt this big knock on the back of my head, and I've stood up, and then blood just gone cover me. I couldn't. And then because uh, we're on the street, the street just parted and just left me in the middle. Was was just oozing blood. Uh, and then my friend ended up chasing him away. We threw some glass saying, "Get away from my mate! Get away!" So I took off. And he grabs him by the, the back and he goes, oh, do you know what happened? Goes, oh, he must, have had a, he must have cut me with his ring. He goes, no, he just got hit over the head with a bar stool. I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and then um, so I ended up getting uh, 14 stitches. There was two different cuts from – he hit me once, but it cut me in two different places. So I got 14 stitches. cost me 5000 bucks. And then uh, – so the next day I got a bit of bandage on my head and we see a, a Thai guy and he goes, what happened to your head? Oh, I got in a fight. He said, you know, if you get him arrested, you can get money from him. You can uh, get compensation money. Really? I don't have much money left and I'm here for another six months or whatever. Uh, so we, we, we put in a report. They said, if you're fine, let us know. So we go back to the same bar and there he is. So we tell the coppers and uh, they come and they, they arrest him and they take him back. So we're stuck in the police room together and it's like, oh, how much do you, uh, uh, something happened. And then, oh, mate, the guy that hit me goes, hey, you know, if, uh, if, we, if we weren't drunk, oh, I was going to kill you last night. I was like, uh, if we weren't drunk, this probably wouldn't happen in the first place. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. So then uh, the police pulled me to the side. They said, how much money do you want? So well, the stitches cost me 5000 baht. I'd love my 5000 back. I said, ah, oh, look, it was a pretty big offense. We're going to keep him in overnight. They teach him a lesson. All right. So then as we walk outside, they go, hey, ask for 10000 baht. Like, really? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the next morning, I come back again. They say, ah, oh, 10000 I said, oh, he has, he's got no money on him. He has to get money wide over from uh, Poland. I come back this afternoon, asked for 20,000 baht. I said, wow, okay, yeah, for sure. So then um, so the afternoon comes and then the police goes, oh, look, we've been um, tormenting him all day, telling him he doesn't pay by this afternoon. We're going to take him to the big Bangkok prison. 
so uh, he, ended up, he ended up paying us 28,000 baht. So How much is that of thereabouts? How much would you say that's? Uh, almost 1,500. So then uh, we get the money. And then um, when the policeman goes, hey, after he goes outside, I want you to follow me. Shall I follow this copper? And we go into the, the, the toilets downstairs. He goes, all right, uh, today was my day off. I shouldn't be here, but I'm only here to help you. So you owe, owe me 8,000 baht. I'm like, ah, yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, here you go, sir. He goes, yep. Now get out of here. I said, holy shit, this is Thailand. This is how it works over here. So, yeah, yeah I, was, I was so pooped my pants. I was like, holy crap, what's going on? So, uh, yeah, that's when I learned to be very polite. People say, why are you so polite? Because I don't want to get bashed. Yeah, I don't want to get killed by coppers. <laughs> and it's ironic, but that it's you saying that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you see people that, that uh, I think like, dude, how are you not dead yet? Like, start, you know, the, you know the way yeah. some people carry on and I just think, how, how are you not dead? Yeah. And then you hear like John so Wayne Parr talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, that cancelled my uh, street fighting career. It's like, man, after that, I don't want to get. In. There's no rules. There's no rules to get hit over head with a bar stool. It's like, what? What is that? And plus, you're already massive. It's not like you needed a stool to hit me. In it. You're a freaking a monster. So, I don't, yeah. The, the next day, I went back to the bar and we tried to pick up the stool. And it was one of those ones where it's like, gee, I don't even know how he swung it at me when I picked it up. So yeah, and then uh, if I had it gone across my face, for sure, I would have crushed my skull. Um, so yeah, very lucky to be here. Gee, we is hitting yeah. someone with a bar yeah. stool. There was another photo I've seen of you where you had, and after maybe we can put the photo up as well, but there was, um, you've had like all these stitches all over your face. Like you look like yeah. uh, somebody had sewn you up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like somebody had made the face, you know what I mean? Like was yes. that from one fight? No, no, no. So it's a hypothetical. Um, I seen a, I seen a, a, a hockey player, I forget his name at the moment, but he, uh, he, he, he was a hockey player before they invented helmets. So his face was just a mess. And then um, they did a hypothetical of what he'd look like if he had all his dishes at once. But that's amazing. That's what a great idea. So I talked to an editor and they, um, they, they did the same for me. And then they, they put it in. So, and that's like a three quarter. That's probably two thirds. Uh, there's a lot in my hairline, in my face that, um, that they missed. But still, it's a good representative of, of what I sort of look like. So yeah, 346 stitches so far. 346 stitches you've had in your career? Yeah, I reckon 350 is too many. So I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, to preserve your looks before, before you get too many. It's <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, I have a question for both yeah. of you. Uh, you won the Smashes, which was a, a, a reality show mm. for fighting, and you were the runner-up in the Contender, which was the equivalent to to the Smashes. Yes. Did you stay and yeah. sleep and everything in the house? Oh yeah, yeah. We lived in like a warehouse, so they had uh, two separate rooms. There was eight people in one row, eight, eight people on the other side. Uh, yeah, we stayed there for eight weeks. We did two episodes a week. So Monday to Wednesday was an episode, and Thursday to Saturday was an episode, and then Sunday uh, we had to live at the thing so they'd, they'd make sure we didn't go anywhere or anything. But um, yeah, it was buzz. It was fun. Were you allowed to call out or anything like that? No, 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 no newspapers, no TV, uh, no mobile phones. No oh, mobile phones weren't even popular. iPhone hadn't even come out yet. So uh, yeah, nothing. And then uh, we, they wanted reality. They wanted us to talk to each other. So, yeah, it's pretty shit. Yeah, so, <laughs> similar to, to my experience, how'd you find it? Yeah, it was okay. We, now, did you guys have alcohol? We had no alcohol policy. We, yeah, no, we they, couldn't drink. They, they, they encouraged the alcohol. They tried sliding it wherever yeah. they could to try and get some TV. Uh, okay. ooh, a few, a few of the boys got, got pissed a couple of times after they, they lost fights yeah. and stuff. Was, but um, how, how'd you find that experience? Because, like, me oh, personally... It was, it was so cool. Yeah, me personally, I hated it. Hated it. Oh, you like it? No, just like hated it. If I had, if I went back in time, I wouldn't do it. I'd, 
Try harder oh, at really? school. <laughs> what? Yeah, no. Because yeah, I'm used to living in, living in a Thai camp, it was just normal. Just being away from and just living with the boys and side by side. And it just it was just like Thailand all over again. But but you had to fight each other. Is it yeah, like that, that in okay. Thailand I, as well? I, like you may have to fight the guys you're yeah. living with? Oh, yeah, yeah. I fought, I've, I've, I've been lucky to knock out all my friends. Every, every friend that I've fought, I've knocked out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So and then it's all—it's just—it's just business. It's just fun. We we know what we're there for. David hates it. David just doesn't want it. Yeah. Can sorry. you hear us? Sorry, sorry for a second. So sorry. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So you're a good friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the friends you've knocked out. Sorry, the friends you knocked out. It's just just in the ring, not not your social friends. No, no, it's all good. It's all, uh, no one's got a problem. We're, we're just all buddies. It, we're, we all knew what we crossed the ropes for. So, and I don't want to lose, and they don't want to lose, but unfortunately, yeah. Um, I, at least I look, knocked them out in a, in, a, in a cool fashion so we can just do the slow moves. So there, oh, look at your face. Look at that. Look how distorted your face is going to hit you that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, going back to the, like, the boxing, you know, with, with Mundine and that, um, and we're talking yep. about the, the fights that you've lost in boxing because you've had 13 fights, you've had 10 wins, all 10 wins are by knockout, but the three losses yeah. you have are by, in Australia, pretty big names like Nader Hampton, yeah. Ian McLeod, and um, Sakyo Bika, well, Sakyo Bika's a world champion, and you took him to a decision. Yeah. Um, can yeah. you talk to us a little bit about your boxing career and why you didn't pursue yeah, boxing? Because so that's a pretty impressive resume. Yeah, uh, at, at the time, my friend Paul Briggs, he was... Uh, he, he just went to boxing. He had um, he come back to the the sport, and then he had a, he'd been retired for a few years and come back to kickboxing, but had varicose vein, and then um, so he couldn't kick anymore because his legs were too painful. So a boxing promoter, we, he took a boxing fight instead, and then um, ended up winning. And everyone's going, this kid's got potential. And then when he went to boxing, just just the amount of media and everything just started chasing him. It's like I've been doing Muay Thai forever, and no one cares. No one. I can't get anyone. He goes to boxing for, for a, a couple of months and all of a sudden he's, he's in all the papers and stuff. I want what he has. I thought the grass was greener. So I decided to box as well. Um, and then we, we, were, we were living three doors down from each other and training together every day and we pushed each other really good. Um, and then after I fought, I went to America for a year in 2001. I met my missus, uh, come back to Australia and then I thought I'd take up, uh, I, thought, I thought I'd do both and that's when I started kickboxing, boxing, kickboxing, boxing. And um, that's the last fight I had was uh, Sakio Bika. And then no one wanted to fight him. I said, oh, I'm going to have a crack. I don't care. Uh, ended up going 12 rounds. And um, that was, that, the first three rounds, I was doing really well. And then uh, about round four, muscle memory kicked in. All of a sudden, my body weight shifted to my back foot. And my guard became a little bit more open. I was getting caught when, when I shouldn't have been getting hit if I was just purely boxing. And um, that's when I made the decision. It's like, oh, man, this is... This is tough. This is this is the real deal. If I, if I'm not doing this 100, percent I can't I can't chop and change. It's either one or the other. So um, I thought I could be a really good boxer inside Australia, or I could travel the world doing Muay Thai. So I'll take traveling the world any day. So um, I just, that's when I decided I'm only just going to focus on Muay Thai now. Like, so and then luckily for me, they sort of went really well. Went to uh, K1 and all these other big shows, and my prize money suddenly got to a stage where uh, I bought my house and bought my gym and got a little bit of money in the bank. So, so it's good times. What what was fighting Sakia like? like? It was tough. He, he punched hard. Um, it was the first time after the fight that uh, I, my brain went numb. Uh, people come up to me in the change room and they're talking to me, and, and I swear it was like alien. And then uh, I'm looking at people going, "This is I don't I just cloud, just a big cloud." And then about two hours after, on the way home in the car, 
um, all of a sudden I just felt like this big veil come back off over my brain and I was like, oh man, that's rough. I don't never want to feel like that again. Uh, that I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to just Muay Thai now because Muay Thai, you have sore legs, sore body. You might get a few stitches, but your head's fine. Um, whereas boxing, you just have that one target, continuous uh, trauma. So that's when I said, nah, I'm just, I'm just going to do kicking now from now on. I'd rather be a famous kickboxer than a punch drum boxer. So it's it's that much a difference with the head trauma between Muay Thai and um, and uh, oh, boxing. Especially when 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 you're fighting someone that can punch as hard as Saki Abika for twelve rounds, that's that's when you realise this is uh, sometimes you're too tough for your own good, so you take too much punishment, and then um, that's the reason I can count the purple. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, with everything that you've said and with your illustrious uh, career, you've got. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not thinking, but you've got a daughter that fights, say, and your little boy, he, yeah, he fights Jazzy. as well? Yeah, uh, Jazzy's had 24 fights now, and my son's had a seven. And he, so, so she's 16. Um, she's fought in uh, England twice, Canada once, and Thailand once. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the one in Thailand, she fought in front of 10,000 people in the park, live on TED, Thai TV, and she, and she won. So Congratulations. I'm, I'm super proud of her. She's, she's, she's really killing it. She loves it. She's into Jiu-Jitsu now as well, so hopefully... Uh, we never know. She might cross over to the MMA scene. Um, she has her first uh, jiu-jitsu competition on the 10th of November up here in Queensland. So, yeah, it's very exciting. So, who knows what could happen? She I'm could, pretty sure she's going to kill up. someone if she's doing jiu-jitsu now <laughs> yeah. and she's doing that much yeah. that much kickboxing. And you, you see dudes doing yeah. MMA and they've never done anything even close. Yeah. But what's it like yeah. seeing the kids? What's it like seeing your kids fight? Is it is it hard for you? I'm, not, I'm very proud. Uh, uh, taking, so when, when we go overseas to, to Canada or to England, uh, it's just me and her. So we, and then I'll stay, I'll stay in the country for another week, 10 days. I'll teach seminars after. And we just get to hang out like father and daughter and just be mates. It's, it's, so it's such a cool bonding. Uh, we get to experience a new country. Um, we get to hang out in trains as we go to different gyms. Um, and just get to be best friends. It's, it's, it's very cool. And then to see her excel and be awesome. It's, a, it's such a proud moment. Is it hard for you to watch her get hit? Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, it sucks, of course. But at the same time, when she wins, it's, it's so cool. So, yeah, you win, you lose. You win, you lose. She's won more than she's lost. So, uh, I can't ask for any more than that. That'll be hard, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could watch my kids fight. Like, me personally. I don't yeah. know. I just, Do you train her? I'm a sook. Yeah, of course. So, you're her main trainer? And mum, mum, mum's a two-time world champion as well. That's she's right, she is too, eh? Yeah, yeah, mum's awesome. Mum was a super. Mum's more of a superstar than I am. So in America, uh, back when she was a master Thai training out of, in Vegas, uh, she went to Thailand for this uh, amateur game. So 130 countries compete. Uh, she had to fight three times in a week. She won all three. She won the very first gold medal for America. So, so when she came back to Vegas, uh, her trainer talked to the mayor, and they they made a, a proclamation where they awarded her her own day. So in Vegas, they have an Angela Rivera day. So no matter how cool I think of them, I'll never have a day in Vegas. So, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. Angela Rivera day in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. For real? I, I think it was only for that. For real, for real. I'm no, but till now? Till, till now as well? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it might have been just that year. But just the fact that everyone's in black suits and uh, ties and, and the, all the mayors of the city and uh, awarding it like the, the day. She's got the certificate. It's crazy. It's so cool. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, Can you tell us? And then she won, uh, you, you, know, you know, Inside Kung Fu Magazine? She yeah, won uh, yeah. fighter, fighter, fighter of the Year out, out of Male and Female. She won, she won the year she won the gold medal. 
She was the fighter of the year in Inside Kung Fu magazine. That's well, insane, eh? Yeah. But I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of your kids. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what about the pedigree? They, they, uh, they're imagine breaking to their house, eh? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Just kick the shit out of your legs. Say, 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 won four belts. My son's won one belt, and, and then I've got a five-year-old girl, and apparently she wants to be a, a dancer. So. And unfortunately, she's not following the trend as such. But uh, we'll, I'm, I'm sure if we uh, manipulate her somehow, we're going to get training. Is that is that like is that what your your daughter wants to do and like your boy wants to do? They want to be fighters. Is that oh, yeah, what they, sure. they tell you. Yeah, and, and the little yeah, one wants to yeah, be a dancer. The little ones to be a dancer. Yeah. But, if uh, I grew up in your so family, Jay- I would be a dancer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so so with Jazzy seeing me doing all the, the seminars overseas and how people lose their, their shit when they see me and buy all the merchandise and everything, she goes, "This is awesome. You get to travel the world and people." Give you money for nothing. You do, you train for two hours and it's so much and, and it's fun. It's not work. It's just fun. And then you come home with all this coin. It's like I want to. I want to do what you're doing because that doesn't look hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's not hard if you win ten world championships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Can you talk about how you because you're not your real name is not actually John Wayne Parr. Is, is no. Wayne is it Wayne Gregory Parr? Is that right? Yeah, Wayne Gregory. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you become so, John so, Wayne? So all the fighters in Thailand have a fight name, uh, whether it be the, the, the light of the candle or uh, there's another guy called 100,000 Techniques or another guy called um, uh, Shines from Heaven. Or There's one guy, his name was uh, Can Break Hell With My Punch. Uh, so everyone's got a cool name. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, they say, oh, okay, we, we, need, we, need, we need to give you a name. What can we call you? And what, what's your history? I said, oh, I grew up with horses. Oh, so you're a cowboy. Okay, so we'll call you John Wayne. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's really easy for uh, people to remember. Uh, he's a, he was the greatest ever ever. So um, if you take on the name, with the name comes good karma. I say, like, oh, I suppose. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll use it while I'm in Thailand, and when I get back to Australia, I'll go back to being like the the executioner or the killer or the punisher or something cool. And then um, yeah, I got famous, and now this name stuck with me forever. So I even call myself John Wayne every time I go somewhere. What's your name? Oh, John Wayne. So it's just just natural now. When you, you did a you did a like the is it the white crew and then you you did the the, the gun. Yeah, is that right? the guns. That do you was, always do that, that or is it just a couple of times? I uh, know I do it all the time. I've been doing it since '97. Uh, that was my first fight at Lumpini. Uh, so we wanted to make a statement. So what can we do? Let's let's change the round more. So usually you you throw bow and arrows. And then uh, me and my trainer, we, we after a couple of brainstorming, we should shoot guns. Let's shoot guns. So I did one one arrow. We missed. Shoot the arrow. We missed. And then we throw that to the side. And we pull out two six shooters. And then uh, and then we blow the smoke, twirl the fingers, put it away. And then uh, after a few, uh, then I was getting standing ovations from the ties in the stadium. It was they just lose their shit because they've never seen it before. No one ever done it. And everyone's going, oh, how good is this? And that's what I think helped um, make me get famous really fast because I stood out. And then um, every time I fight, I do that. And then I got to the stage where I thought I was wasting bullets. So then I'd creep up to my opponent, and then I'd put the gun bullet on, the, on, their, on their head, and then I'd shoot one bullet. So then I was saving money. So it was very economical to, uh, <laughs> to change this. <laughs> A little bit more intimidating too. What, what was it like when other, other foreigners started going to Thailand? What was your relationship with them? What was their relationship with you? Because now you're no longer the, the odd one out. No, it's funny because uh, as soon as people say that, that they go to Thailand all the time and people always message me saying, as soon as people say they're from Australia, so oh, do you know John Wayne? And so uh, I'm still, I'm still recognized. I'm still, 
I'm still with somebody. So they, and then see, oh, if you wear a Bunchu shirt or if you wear, um, if they mention my name, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's my favorite fighter. Uh, the, the ties are so cool. I, I can't believe they, they still remember who I am. So it's, it's very, very blessing. I watched you fight in Penrith in, a, in an MMA fight against Tony Bonello back in the day. Ah, ah. That, yeah, that was my only MMA fight. Yeah, how did that come about? Because, like, I mean, he was very experienced and you, you, you were, like, who you are, but you hadn't been doing as much grappling and that as, as he had, obviously. So, oh, no, that fight sucks. i gotta I got to change location. Sorry, I'm going to run out of battery. Oh, I thought he was but, angry uh, at me. I thought he was going to grab I'll keep, the thing. I'll keep, I'll keep talking as I go. Um, so, so, out of the blue, um, Tony Benelli rang me and said, hey, i got a proposition for you. Um, do you want to fight me? And I was like, ah, no. You're a heavyweight. I'm, I'm freaking 80 kilos. Uh, he goes, what happens to pop you? Uh, $35,000. I was like, whoa. Now you got my attention. So, yeah, he offered me the money. And, and um, yeah, uh, the fight was in two months. So I had two months to try and get as fit as possible. So I went to um, America. And I trained at a few different gyms, trying to learn as much takedown defense as I could. Uh, the, the plan was, because he was being so big, just to hit and move, hit and move. And then um, when he got into the cage, he, his lips were white. He was freaking out. Uh, and I could see him um, petrified. I said, like, oh, man, uh, you're shitting your pants. Okay. Uh, so I screwed the game plan. I'm going to try and knock you out. So, so, so the bell went, and then uh, I, I tried to rush forward. And because he was so big, he just manhandled me, uh, pushed me against the cage, um, swept my leg out, uh, tried to ground and pound, and I held on. And then I tried to escape from the bottom, and then he just got me in the rear naked. And then the fight went 40 seconds or something. Uh, and then... So the crazy part was the next day I said, oh, uh, any chance I can get the money? Uh, I've got to get all the money cleared from the venue first. So as soon as I get the, the money cleared, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. And then, uh, yeah, next day I took off to America. The next day you did the runner. And it's like, oh, man. That's oh, so, so you never got paid. So, so I've, I was very lucky that uh, uh, Tyson Pedro's father, uh, he got, he was like caught uh, coping mode with him. Right. And he felt so bad. He goes, oh, don't worry, man. Um, I feel fully responsible for what happened, so I'm going to get you the money. So over a year, he paid me this uh, five, four, here's three. So eventually, I got it over 12 months. But um, so yeah, I really got to thank uh, Tyson Pedro's dad yeah. for uh, for reaching out and what a champion, and giving, what a good give, guy. Yeah, sticking sticking to the words promise. So, but yeah, what a weird connection. Yeah, it was such a dumb fight, like uh, 20 kilos difference. He was 16 and 0 in the cage when I fought him, and I, I had zero jiu-jitsu, nothing. Um, yeah, and then I was, yeah, 100 kilos versus 80. It was never, it was never going to end well for that, me. That's a huge difference. Yeah, it was, it was big. Like, I remember when I, uh, I, never, I was there. I was there. I never, I'd never been in a cage before either. That was my first time in a cage. Which is ironic because so like, now oh. you promote the, yeah, but your promotion, the, the, the kick, the Muay Thai inside the yeah, cage. Yeah, right? uh, CMT, cage Muay Thai. Yeah. So, how so, often, how many promotions do you run of that? Uh, we've done 10 so far. Uh, and they're quite popular. Uh, I was the first person to do it. Uh, I remember I thought, oh, I want to get into this MMA business. This looks awesome. Uh, so I did my first jiu-jitsu class. And my very first class, I, I broke my finger in half. I thought, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've, all, I've, had always, I've had all these Muay Thai fights. And in my first class, I broke my finger. Um, then I was laying in bed the same night thinking, how can I fight in the cage and do MMA but not do the ground? we're doing shows already and we hire a ring so instead of hiring a ring I just hire a cage instead of a ring I jumped on Google and YouTube and uh, no one had done it in MMA girls before either so I thought oh I, I, I want to get the experience I want to feel feel what it's like to get hit by those little gloves 
Um, so I'd come up with them myself, um, put the show on, um, and then trying to tell people, okay, I've got this show coming up. It's a Muay Thai show in a cage with MMA gloves, but there's no ground. And people are going, what? <laughs> and then now, now it's um, now One FC in Asia. They've taken the idea and they're running with it too. So uh, they're killing it. They're, they're, people love it. So I'm so happy that I could sort of uh, help encourage the the sport to get more violent. How different? How different? How different, <laughs> how, yeah. how, how different do you find the small gloves to the big gloves? <clears throat> yeah, they're they're a lot more painful. You you can't really um, afford to stay in the pocket too long. Uh, the first time I did it, I remember the next day uh, I, I won by fourth round knockout, but um, my head was so lumpy that I couldn't put sunglasses on. It was like every single time it was like oh every single bump. Um, so, but then the the rush. Because you've got uh, fingerless gloves and because you know they're so small that when you land, you don't want to stop. You just want to keep throwing because uh, you know that, that any single punch could be the knockout punch. Yeah. So it, different, it de- definitely brings a different aggression. Uh, massive. You're going to ask him about the losses? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is a question I, I, I thought of before. Is, um, how, 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 how do you deal with, with, with losing? Because um, you know, everybody loses. And, yeah, I lost so and, much. Yeah, and, and, and it sucks. I've lost more than people that had fights. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had uh, 30, 33 Muay Thai fight losses and uh, three boxing losses. So 36 losses all up. Um, yeah, everyone hurts. Every single loss hurts. But it's just motivation. Um, I'm very lucky that in, in Muay Thai, you, you, I'm fighting the best. So if I lose to a killer on a close points decision, I know I know I do my best, but um, he was just a little bit better today. Uh, and I tell people all the time, all right, you beat me today. Uh, let's uh, rematch in a month. I bet you don't. Re- you, you won't beat me again. You beat me today, but you won't beat me again. And I just use that as motivation because I, I know uh, I'm the best. I want to be the best. I know I want to prove I'm the best. So if I lose today, I'll train twice as hard as I did the last fight to make sure I don't make that mistake again. Again, and then um, yeah. But but every loss does suck. Yeah. And then the 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 ones where you have to go to hospital, like, they're the worst too. So sometimes when you yeah you, you you know it's like. You have to be mentally prepared to get a hospital, win, lose, or draw. So no matter if you win and you go to hospital, at least you're going to have the trophy on the cut and say, ah, that feels nice. <laughs> but if you yeah, but if, if you lose, it's like, ah, this, yeah, everything hurts twice as much because not only did you get hurt, but you also lost as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, um, yeah it's just part of the, part yeah, of the gig. You're twice as sore. Have you, have you had yeah. situations uh, where after you, like people have approached you after you've lost, not coaches and that, like just, randoms fans or whatever they're trying to help you trying to give you advice or something on a loss uh yeah not too bad it, uh, I, i'm very lucky to have very um supportive uh supporters so with a lot of people's social media they have a lot of hate and a lot of this and that uh everyone on my social media is so cool uh they're, they're everyone's um, really positive uh no one ever starts shit there's just um i'm, I'm very lucky that uh everyone that, that follows me in the muay thai scene and on the social media is just um yeah, nothing bad to say. It's really, really nice. Uh, did you watch Canelo versus Kovalev? Kovalev? No, I was watching. I was watching the UFC. Come on. No, because it yeah. started after. It started after. I watched them both. Yeah, yeah. So, so you yeah, didn't I, get to I see any of I wasn't paying. I wasn't paying double. I already spent my my week's allowance on the on the UFC. So, so and that that was money well spent. I, I really enjoyed that show. That was one of the best shows I've seen for a while. On that, what do you think of Till and Gastelum? Ah yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Tilfo, very smart. Uh, yeah, it was a good fight. He, he's he's a he's a threat for sure. He's he's so big. I can't believe how big he is. I can't believe he got the friggin' one seventy in the old days. That's he would have been hurt. And even now, he looks like he's struggling to make the weight. Now he's a monster. 
so um, yes, yeah, and because he's a Muay Thai guy too, uh, uh, he's done a lot of stuff with my friends, um, uh, Andy and Liam in the UK. They he used to go and train with them. So I, I've never met him personally, but we just have that connection because we're all all together. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely um, one to watch out for. He looks very good. Eh? He looks really. What do you think of um, the way Gastelum fought him? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, it's so hard because Phil's so big and so long. Just trying to get into that range, and then uh, to just still had till was on. He used his footwork quite well. Uh, he was using his jab, using his range, trying to keep him at the end of his punches. Uh, he fought. He fought awesome. Um, what's uh, what's so what for you now moving forward? Wh what's next? You got the Mundine fight. Then what else? What other seminars, etc.? And where can yeah. people find you as well? Uh, I, I haven't I haven't thought of anything besides the the fight, and nothing else matters besides this fight. Uh, after that, what happens happens, but everything's 100% focused on the 30th of November. Uh, so Mundine's my key, and hopefully he's the key that can open up a few doors for me after a retire. Um, I, I'd love to get into some commentary, perhaps. Um, I have so much knowledge when it comes to the fight sports, and I, I'd love to not fade away, retire, and just disappear. I want to stay relevant, um, and to, to get into the media or something, that'd be, that'd be something that I, I'd love to get into. But um, if not, I just keep... keep uh, teaching at the gym and um, cruising around doing seminars and uh, yeah, who knows? You might see me working at Mecca's. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, you know, before when you in Thailand? Correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I don't have like a Muay Thai background, but um, you don't spar a lot, but you fight a lot. Is that correct? In, oh, in no, Thailand, so you spar a lot oh, in Thailand. In, uh, it's more when when we do boxing, it, uh, we spar boxing twice a week. And that was with 18-ounce gloves on, and it's 100%. Um, and, but when we do the Muay Thai, Muay Thai is more of a play. Uh, back then, we didn't even wear shin pads, so everyone was really controlled. And so you don't have to hit someone hard to know that you got got. Um, and then when it's fight time, yeah, you just go crazy. And then uh, the pad holders are so good back in the day that uh, they don't call the, the techniques. It's just freestyle. So whatever you throw, they have the pads ready to catch whatever you throw. You need punches, kicks, knees. And then as soon as you stop, they're attacking you back. So it's almost like a, a fight. Um, so you're thinking about offense as well as defense and plus counters as well. So And the whole time you're working, working, working. So it's, um, it's, it's tough. It's hard. So, it, but it's fun. It's, it's the, the play sparring is it's, it's cool. It's the only thing that when I first got there, getting embarrassed by a 14- or 15-year-old kid, it's like, what the hell? I can't touch this kid and he's all over me. That sucks. That's frustrating. So, uh, but it makes you uh, makes you want to learn as as quick as you can because you don't want to get beat up by little kids. <laughs> have you had knows. gym wars? Have you had those type of gym wars with people? Like, have you had oh, partners I mean, yeah. where you have gym wars? Like, yeah. and, and and so the, my not, next, not, no, because my next question sorry, was going to be: Have you had? Are there guys that can't can't turn it on? They're very good in the gym, and you have those gym wars with them. But then they can't turn it yeah. on under the lights. Have you had that? Ah, oh, yeah. It's, it's such a hard sport. You, you think someone's a killer until you put them under the lights, and then you think the guy that's going to get killed ends up being a champion. So it's such a such a crazy uh, sport that you never know what you're going to get until you're under that pressure and how they're going to handle it. Uh, and for the gym wars, um, I've, I've, when I was younger, going overseas and training at different gyms and living in America for – for, I think I lived there for 10 months. I lived in San, uh, Vegas for three months and then uh, San Diego for six months. Um, and then, yeah, you go to the boxing gyms and because you're the white guy, uh, you're, you're cannon fodder. They want to they prove a point. And when you stand there and trade with them and give it back to them, everyone's like, holy shit, 
you get a tap on the shoulder after the after the spa, and then they realize that uh, you're not there as a statistic. You're there to to, to have a crack. So you, and then yeah, it's cool when you get people's respect. It's very nice. But yeah, when you when you think you're gonna gonna die, then that's when it sucks. <laughs> Do you like sparring hard like that? Do you have you always just liked fighting? I've always liked fighting, yeah, of course. But uh, and you like sparring I, I just hard? Like playing. So I. No, no, no. I'd, I'd rather just play, and then um, I want to walk out of the gym the same way I walked in. Uh, I don't want to walk out with a limp or a blood nose or a cut uh, because of longevity. Uh, I've done this forever, and then uh, I can kill myself in the ring. I don't, I don't mind going to hospital for that, but I don't want to get hurt for free. I'd rather get I'd rather get paid for it if I'm going to get hurt. One hundred percent. We sort of have that mentality as well. It's like we don't we 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 don't spar an overly amount. It's just. We, we have matches sometimes and we, we do a lot of work and stuff, but it's, it's exactly that. It's like there's a there's time and a place like, to, to let yeah. loose. And then the, the studies shown with the, with the CTE as well, uh, a majority of the damage is doing in, in the gyms. So it's not the fight day, it's the 10-week preparation where you're, tra- where you're sparring twice a week heavy for 10 <coughs> weeks times if you have 50 fights. Um, so all the all the, all your, the accumulation from all the spars that you've had leading up to all your fights is, is what does the um, kills all the cells, I guess, and then then the fight's just the cherry on top. So, but yeah, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather be able to remember my name when I finish my career instead of um, proving it in the gym in front of who a couple of people that are, are watching for nothing. Stuff like that. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Um, do you have any heels? For no, um, like when you um, just one quick question on what you were saying. So, like, you would spar. Or, or play as you, play as you said with no shin pads on or anything. Yeah, when I got there, they, they, the gym didn't own a set of shin pads. So then, um, and the, everyone's shins are so hard as well. Everyone's shins protrude by by about an inch, and it goes all the way from their knee to their ankle. So it's like two baseball bats attached to their thighs. Um, and when you just bring your when you bring your check up, you get that clunk, and it's like ah, they hurt so bad. <laughs> But uh, you see, uh, so so my trainer, I, I'd train three hours in the morning, three and a half hours in the afternoon. I would have a shower, would have dinner, and then uh, my trainer used to get on the whiskies. And then after he get, after he started changing color and started getting um, a bit blurry, we would play spa in his lounge room from about uh, maybe nine o'clock to about ten thirty, eleven at night, uh, every day. So and then no shin pads, we just laugh. He'd have a sip of whiskey, we'd play again, get a big sweat on. Uh, and then the, the more drunker he got, the funnier it would be. And we just, it was so cool. And I think I learned majority of my stuff from the drunken master instead of than what I did in the gym. It was, it was amazing. It was so cool. How much interaction do you still have with some of those old trainers? Uh, just by uh, uh, internet, if we might leave a comment or leave a like or whatever else. And then um, I, with my sponsor, Richard, I still go to his restaurant once or twice a week. Um, and he doesn't let me speak English. He makes me speak Thai to him as well. He said, "If, if you speak English, you're gonna forget." So, so only Thai. So yeah, we just we just mumble and Thai together and catch up. And um, he's 70, 72 now. And uh, yeah, he's my he's my Aussie dad. So uh, he's taking me under his wing. He calls me his son every time he introduces me to people. Um, his restaurant's just full of my photos, and I'm full of photos, but majority is all my stuff. So people walk in, they see my uh, the John Wayne Park Museum. It's a, it's, a, it's very humbling. You're gonna ask about his career, hard times in the career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so, I guess my, my my question is like, how 
What what were the the hardest moments during your career? You know, not 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 the hardest fights, but like the hardest parts that were that that where you were like really struggling to to get to the ring. I guess you know what I mean. Because because yeah, yeah, yeah. from my own personal experience, like there's, there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs with just trying to get to a fight. Yeah, uh, the hardest part was money, just being poor. Uh, Muay Thai back in the day, you'd thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. And uh, because I'd come back from Thailand, back to Australia, I, I just wanted to train twice a day, full time. Uh, so my sponsors were lucky to help me with the gym. And they said, okay, as long as you cover the rent, whatever's left over, you can keep. So um, so for the first five years, uh, uh, I built the gym from nothing. Um, and then, then I, I was living off the, the gym, whatever, after all the bills were paid. But there was, it was, I was, I was sleeping in a... In the cupboard of the gym, pretty much had a mattress in the cupboard, so I sat there for a few months uh, and just slowly build up, and yeah, and then yeah, just being poor. I, I've been poor forever, and I mean, so used to being poor, but now eventually, the last few years has been really uh, better since since about two thousand and four when I started fighting for K one. From that moment on, my, my prize money's went up and up and up, but um, yeah, but. It, it makes you it makes you more hungry being poor makes you hungry makes you humble so it makes you appreciate when you finally do get there that, it, that I've, I've worked so hard for this and i finally got there and i'm uh anyone that comes and say hello i'm not going to turn away because i appreciate you following me because it's been a rough journey so i, I always take the time to shake people's hands and fight chat for 10 minutes or just um just for thanking them for coming along with me and um sharing all the experiences Mm. No, no, I, I, I get that. I get that a lot. No, it's uh, thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. just, just want to say thank you so much, mate, for your time and for. I know we've been talking for more than an hour. I just really appreciate you, you being on uh, with us here. Um, so, we're wrapping it up. Where can people find you? How can people follow you? Um, yeah, like, w what's your Instagram, your Twitter, and all of that? Instagram. So, so just join my pal. Uh, my Instagram is funny. I try. I try and be funny. I try. <laughs> I try very hard. Uh, if you like the bottom of the barrel, I'm about there. So, uh, see the fight, fight. Yeah. So fight content or, or really bad humor or, or just family stuff. So, uh, my, and you got the Twitter. The everything's just join So, join my pal. What's the R's on the end? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. I can't believe we're chatting. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then, and, and then having our relationship. Uh, I remember Rob just at the gym, and all of a sudden you're a super duper star now. It's so crazy <laughs> to see because because you're because you're like me. I went to Thailand and sacrificed, and you went to Montreal and you sacrificed. So I, I can appreciate everything that you've done because you've you've stepped out of your comfort zone just as much as I have, and then you've reached the pinnacle. You've reached the very very top, and how many people can one? Not even one percent can say they can achieve what you've achieved. So uh, thank you so much. This is such a humbling experience for me to be able to chat here. This is cool. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. You've always, I've always been a big fan. It's funny. Like I, I actually grew up watching, watching, watching you fight. Like I remember, uh, like I remember just sitting, sitting in the lounge room, my old man, and watch. One of my earliest fights I remember what you were watching was the the the, the Zambitas fights you had. Like they yeah, were, they yeah, were hard awesome. fights. Like and it was the just hard fights, yeah. I just I just remember like that's. But like, like a lot of people when I, when I get interviewed and stuff, they're like, did you 
grow up watching any fighters and like i didn't i didn't pay a, a lot of like close attention to the ufc back in the day or anything like that I just my earliest recollection of fights is is yourself so you know you, yeah, you, you play you played a, a nice role in in in, in my career sorry because we said good, we said bye but now i'm going to make it awkward because i'm going to restart the conversation yeah. <laughs> um can yeah. can you talk us through a couple of fights that are that because i'm also a fan can there's there's three people that i want to talk about if we could yeah, uh, sure. have you got a couple of minutes still to oh for sure yeah. um yep. I, got, I, I, I won't say the names right um or orono orono yes orono yes yeah um fairtex i can't say his first name the yodson clay fairtex and uh, Zambides, can you just starting on Orono, if you could? Yeah. You're not a fan of Orono, Dave? <laughs> Why'd you cut him off? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Hello, can you hear uh, us? Sorry, we cut out yeah, for a yeah, second. Yeah, for sure. Um, Orono, can you talk to us about him? Yeah, Orono was my first A-class time. He, so, so he cut me 21 stitches, and he's a gentleman that I beat in front of 100,000 people um, a few years later for his world title. So, um, yeah, he's, it's, he's a sad story. He's one of those guys that had uh, way too many fights, and now he, uh, he's so punchy. All, all he does is grunt. He can barely hold a conversation. And then uh, the Thais tease him, saying, oh, he's, uh, he's so punchy, he can talk to a tree. Um, yeah, it's rough. It's, it's actually sad. Yeah, he works in a gym now, and, and, and he'll, you know, he'll train people, but people don't really want to train with him because, um, yeah, it's, just, it's sad to, to, considering he was, like, that man for so many years. And now, um, now he's at the end of his career, and there's, he's got nothing. So it's terrible. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's reality. It's it's just have, have, So when you've dealt with him, he's, he have you dealt with him since the he's been? Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him. We've had a couple of chats, and I, I trained at the gym that he was teaching out of uh, for four weeks back in 2010. And then, um, yeah, he barely. He lucky to know who I am now. It's that. It's that sad. Fuck. It's really crazy. Oh, yeah. So, but one, luckily the camp owner feels sorry for him, so he just leaves him as a as a pad holder there, just so he's got a roof over his head. And after all the years of being a champion, this is the gym owner's way of just giving back, I guess, to say thank you for what you've done for the sport. So yeah, there's Thai style. Thai style. There's no there's no uh, sympathy over here, oh, over there. Sorry. That's hard. And man. then um, yeah, yeah. Like so you then, said, uh, it's a Zan- rude reality. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Zambides, we fought three times. Uh, the first time was uh, super controversial. It was the the final of an eight man. We both had two fights each, and it was the final. And then whoever won was going to get a contract for the K one in Japan. And then uh, I thought I won. Uh, it was his punches versus my knees. And then unfortunately uh, they gave him the points, which sucked. And so he got the contract. And then we ended up rematching. The second rematch was about uh, maybe six or seven years later. So for seven or so years, I had this burden on my back that uh, Zambies had beaten me. Um, he was my, it was just, just eating at me even all those years later. And then we got the opportunity to rematch. And then the rematch, I, I beat him quite convincingly over five rounds. Uh, I think the score cards were 50, 40, 50, uh, 45, 50. Um, and then the, the third fight was one each. And then, uh, and then, uh, the referee brought us together at the start of the fight to tell us the rules. And I remember he, he leaned right into my ear and goes, tonight, I kill you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was right out of a movie. I was like, what the hell? And then the referee's like, I touched gloves. And I ain't touching these gloves. The dude just threatened my life. So uh, I really wanted to destroy him. And then when the fight started, it just went worked out perfect. And then, um, yeah, I got to put a, a stamp on there. 
our, our trilogy. So knocking him out in the first. So that was really cool. But uh, then about a week later, uh, he accused me of uh, uh, bombing my hands. He said one of the photos, he, they, they reckon they could see that I'd, I'd plastered up my, my knuckles or something. And it's like, you're just trying to take away the shine on my win because I beat you. you got to look for excuses. And, and uh, it just sucked. And then Yotsenglai. Uh, um, so Yotsenglai, he was the current Lumpini champion at the time. I think he was only 19 or 20. And I was his very first fight overseas. He'd never been overseas before. Uh, and, and then the best part was we got the fight for the, the very first WBC World Muay Thai title in history. So we were, we were the very first ones. And then, um, yeah, he, he knocked me down in the second. And then uh, I ended up going on the points, and he beat me on points. And then, yeah, luckily, uh, a few years later, we, we did the reality show, and we both got to the final, fought in front of uh, 10,000 people in Singapore. That, that was amazing. That was, that was just, uh, just a buzz. Uh, he ended up knocking me down in the first, again in the second. Uh, ended up going the distance. I, I fought really well, even though I got knocked down. It, it, it's one of those fights, even though I lost, it's still my favorite fight. Just because I, I I I showed so much heart, I could have given up. But because I pushed forward, I, I'm really happy with with my um um yeah. There were so many reasons I I could have. Oh, and that that was the fight that my dad had just got um, diagnosed with um, pancreas cancer. So it's like dealing with that, and then knowing that this is the last fight my dad's ever going to watch me fight. Fuck. And then uh, and then and, and and then every time I got knocked down, I was like, no, nah, I've got to win this for dad. I've got to get up. And then um, he was he was just spurred me the whole way through, and then. Uh, uh, so after the fight, um, it was because it was a reality show. Um, they got this this girl on TV, and I, and I saved it on my phone. That Dad was in hospital, and um, I got to show him the fight uh, bef- be- before he passed. And um, yeah, he was super super proud. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, it still gets still gets me every time. Fuck, so, got me, mate. Listen, yeah. yeah. So sorry to you. Sorry to hear that, man. Like, yeah, but 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 he's he, um after he passed, uh, one of the one of his best mates came up and tapped me on the shoulder, and he goes, you know what? Your dad wanted to see two things. He wanted to see you'd be really successful in the TV show, which he was, and then he wanted to see um his little son, a grandson born, and but uh, we, he was born just before he passed. So we got taken to the hospital. We got to hold him once. So he got to do two of the things that he was holding out for, and then then he passed not long after. Fucking hell! But but yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But at least Lisa made him. At least Lisa made him happy. Lisa, I was there every day, and, and I held his hand all the way to his last breath. So I got to do that. So that's one thing I wasn't going to let him go by himself. I had to be there. Yeah. Fuck, that's that's so hardcore, man. And and you fought with that burden on your head when you fought. Um, yeah, I can't so imagine hard. how hard that would have been. Yeah, so because I was so, um, I, I was so in in the zone with Dad, uh, and when I flew to Singapore, it was my first time being by myself, but not just being able to think without um, all the other activities with the gym and family and else. And then uh, I, I realized that my weight had got out of control. So uh, we got to the Singapore a week before the flight to do filming and everything else beforehand, and I, and I was still ten kilos over. So uh, I. I the, my last session, um, I put on a, a tracksuit, a sweatsuit, a tracksuit, and then the, the, I opened the door to go for my run, and the rain was coming down sideways in torrential rain. I was like, ah, shit, this sucks. So I forced <laughs> myself to go and run, forced myself to go and run. I, I did that three times. I had to put the sweatsuit on three times. Um, I think it was the closest I've ever come to dying. Um, uh, I, I remember we did the weigh-in. I made the weight, and then as soon as I had a drink, uh, whatever was in my, my, my dried-out kidneys and um, liver 
the, the toxins ran to my brain. And I remember for about two hours after uh, eating, people would come up and talk to me. And I just felt green. I didn't feel healthy at all. And then um, and then to go out and put on a five-round war was uh, guys and guys. Yeah, it was it was it was hard. It was a tough slog. <laughs> how how but, much yeah. how much weight did you cut in the one in the one day? When, and is that twenty four uh, hour weigh in the same as boxing and that? Yeah, tw- twenty four hours. So I was lucky. I lost the ten kilos in approximately uh, two days, um, but it was hard. It was so rough. I, I never want to wish. And then since then, I, I went and seen a dietitian. Um, I got my uh, my meal plans now all sorted out. I, I never I, back then. I thought I was a caveman. I was doing it Thai style. Uh, eat, 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 all to the last three days, and then stop eating and drinking and sweat. And then I just got the stage. I was like, I'm too old for this crap. I got to work out a better way of doing this. Yeah. So that's when I decided to, to get, yeah, yeah. That's when I started to get more on the ball and start ten weeks out and do it slowly. So you basically could feel your your kidneys shutting down, kind of thing. Oh yeah. Every time I stood up, I get those. else on the floor sorry, sorry can crying. you go back yeah. one sec because they just cut out uh, i asked you if um you felt your kidneys cutting out and then it cut out yeah yeah yes yes um you feel it in your back yeah yes and the idea of standing up and walking to the toilet is too much energy so you just lay there as long as possible because you got you can't even walk and then um yeah it's, it's not a good place to be I, but yeah, the funny thing is, so once you reach starving, you just stay starving. It doesn't get any worse. So you, you don't eat for two days. And, what, and once after about six hours, you get starving, then you stay there. So it's not like it gets, it gets crazy. You're just hungry. You're just, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Lipstick to your gum. <laughs> You've you, you got nothing. You can't even, uh, you blow dust. You try and spit and dust comes out. It's funny, yeah. like, that, it's funny like that, eh? Like, but thirst is different, eh? Yeah, so, so once... Once you oh. get thirsty, nothing else matters. Oh. Nothing else oh, matters. Nothing else matters. Nothing. All you do is dream about uh, crushed ice. Just, just oh, it's so good. Ice is amazing. I mean, yeah. Uh, watermelon. Mine's yeah. watermelon. Yeah, watermelon's the best. Watermelon. Ooh. Because <laughs> you, you, you still get thirstier, but you don't get hungrier, eh? Is that you uh, And we're it? lucky too. And my tie as well, we're still allowed to use IVs. So we get uh, two bags, two one liter bags of. Uh, um, uh, nutrients and uh, straight through the IV, and then you replenish straight away too. So, so that's the, that helps a lot to get back to normal the next day. Fuck, especially when you're that gone, that gone. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll we'll say goodbye again for for a second time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks hey, for sharing everything, for your honesty and everything. And it's it was, been it was it's been a huge honor. I've, I've honestly I've loved hearing all your stories, mate. And I know I know my dad has too. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to, out to Jack Whitaker, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Also, um, yeah, yeah. Rob's Muay Thai trainer, who's a good friend of mine, huge fan of yours. Charlie Bashwadi loves you. Just wanted to say hi through us. He's going into surgery today for a hernia. So he's a massive oh, fan. So actually, yeah, can you give awesome. him a shout out? Can you shout out Charlie? Because he's a massive fan. Charlie, you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll try and organize a, a fight camp or something at yeah, the end, we'll, towards the end we'll of the year. Yeah. After you, after, after yeah. you, you finish your fight, we'll, we'll come up and you, know, you can teach me some stuff. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so cool. Uh, bring your shoes. I'm, my, my, my run is amazing. Um, do you like running? <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> we run. <laughs> we run. He doesn't yeah. like it, but we do run. Yeah. yeah. So, so I live in Burley, Burley Headland, so we run around the headland. And then as you're running, you see the surfers and you see the – it's yeah. it's amazing. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, oh, yeah no, I, I've been to Burley Heads before. It's, it's beautiful up there. 
Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Every day is like a postcard. So you're running, <laughs> yeah. but you, you see it. And then because it's getting warmer too, the, the ladies are in bikinis. It's, it's tough. It's hard. Because you, 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 you can't show that you're tired. You've got to pretend yeah. you're nice and fit the whole run because right. everyone's looking at you. I'll, I'll bring two yeah. pairs of joggers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you very much. Take care. Hey, bye you, bye. gentlemen. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. You. That was awesome. What an amazing guy. He's what an amazing, amazing guy. guy. We're still on the air, eh, those, yeah. those, uh Those stories were, like, I was captivated listening to those stories. Yeah. Like, I felt like it was story time and I was just listening. I just loved listening to it. It was, I, oh, you know what's funny? It's like, I feel in a lot of these uh, these episodes where we have a guest on and they, they start um, like telling us their stories, I, I, I feel like I just I get sucked into the story and I, I just, like, I become one of the audience almost. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> that's why a couple of times when, when you were like, remember you had a question because we spoke about it yeah, earlier. Yeah, we spoke before, yeah. That's, I guess that's why you asked me, is there any yeah. questions you want to answer? And I was like, yeah, these two. Make sure you remind me because I get so captivated into these stories. I'm like, and then you're like, Rob, you had a question. I was like, hey? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's amazing, isn't it? No, it's... it's like, to, to me, just talking to dudes like that, oh, I'd love to have Mundine on here as well. Like, mm. I, I think um, they're like they're icons of Australian sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, of Australian combat sport in, in particular. Like, they're they're people that, yeah. Just I just love to to, yeah. to get Pioneers them on. Here. of the sports. Yeah, but they're still fighting. Still there. Yeah, you know what still I mean. There. So having people like that on on the on the show, I think Daniel Gill is another one. Who, by the way, Daniel Gill. I've asked you time and time again if you can be on this podcast. And he goes, because he's a really nice guy, but he's real soft-spoken. He goes, no worries, Fab. I'll, um, I'll, let, I'll look at my timetable and I'll call you by the end of the week. And then fucking <laughs> a month later, I call him again. And it's like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. By the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, so Daniel Gill, please be on our podcast. <laughs> I've asked him many times. I like him. Like, uh, he actually did the GAP program. He was, he was a student in the GAP program. Yeah. And, and he did, yeah. So, yeah, I remember. So, yeah, he's a champion, 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 champion. So I'd, I'd actually love to have him on here. We'll, we'll try and so get him let's on. Let's get another petition. Dan- Daniel <laughs> Gill. Reply to, re- return to have score, please. Yes, please, Daniel. Come on. Please. Come on, mate. All right. Thank you very much, guys, for a great episode. Thank you, guys. Uh, and keep watching. Yeah, Thank you. Please, subscribe. Subscribe, like and, and subscribe. And share it to all your friends, even if they don't want to hear it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. 